0: Blessed, part seven. When I was young, it seemed like I was told no a lot. I know I wasn't, but it seemed like it. The kids I went to school with were able to go here and there, and I had to stay at home. Or my curfew was so early that I couldn't justify going in the first place because by the time I got there, it was time to come home. When I look back on the experience, I now understand why love constrained me. I had freedom to do lots of things, but there were some things my parents just said no to, not because they didn't love me, but because they did. And I'm sure if you had good parents, they did the same to you. You may have wanted to go to this place with this group of people, but your parents or parent said, no, I don't think so. We didn't know it at the time, but that was one of the highest forms of love that could be offered to us. Saying no when it would hurt the one you loved. When I look back on my life and consider all of the things my parents told me I couldn't do, honestly, I have to say thank you. Experience has taught me that love affirms and constrains. It will tell you yes Support your life, lift you up, encourage you to not quit so that you stay afloat in life and in the same breath, turn around and tell you that you don't need to do this or that and offer constructive criticism and even put roadblocks in your way to keep you from hurting yourself. At the time, it doesn't look like you're blessed, but you are. For someone to care enough to endure our ridicule and disdain in the name of love is a lot to bear. To offer advice or instruction, knowing that what is being said will be taken as condemnation or judging takes a tremendous amount of courage. To give that kind of love is a blessing to the one who receives it, but a curse, um, it seems, to the one who has to put up with the attitude that follows When I think about the times I thought I was being misunderstood as a child, the times I thought my mama or my daddy didn't get it. I can't imagine what it must've felt like to love someone as much as I was being loved only to hear them complain because they were, they weren't getting their way. You know, in my, in my house, my mama might say, don't sass me, boy. That was her way of saying, I worked too hard for you to disrespect my commitment to your life. Yet, that is what god has to endure when we pray about this or that go through this or that and god does not respond the way we think he ought to he has to endure our attitude when no one anywhere loves us like he does the bible says in luke 12:32 do not fear little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom then in matthew 7:11 it says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him In both of these passages uh, is the notion of a shepherd's care. God wants to bless our lives, but he has to do it with his divine will in mind. It's not that God doesn't want us to have, you know, some creature conference, creature comforts. God knows uh, that sometimes when, when what we want does not bring out the best in us. So God says no. Our problem is how we understand no. For us, no means not being accepted or not being cared for. No means feeling rejected or being disowned. But inherent of the 23rd sum is this idea of being led, tended, and cared for, but with a measure of restraint. The shepherd leads the sheep, which implies that they can't wander anywhere and everywhere and expect to be kept safe. To be led is to be guided in a direction that sees the care of the sheep, which implies that the sheep can't go wherever and find pasture. If God makes us lie down in green pasture, it suggests that we might not want to lie down. Even though the passage suggests that the sheep lie down without opposition, they might want to keep moving until they fall down. I can remember distinctively being told by my mama, sit down. And I have even referenced this sentiment in previous podcasts. She would say, sit down, you're doing too much. Be still. That was an act of restraint for my good. To be led is to be kept from certain things while being introduced to others. Some of the things my neighborhood friends got introduced to led them down paths they never recovered from. It robbed them of opportunity while introducing them to heartache. What they call freedom was really bondage in disguise. It just took longer to catch up to. However, if this is or has been you or you know someone who sits in this place right now, uh, the blessing of our shepherd is that when a life is surrendered to him, he restrains not to hinder, but to lead them in paths of righteousness for his name's sake so that a life can find purpose and meaning and in a very practical way, The reason why my parents restrained me was because I represented them. The summer's name was on the line. If I acted in a way that was unsuitable, it wasn't just my name at stake. It was theirs. When God restrains us, it's not just about us. It's about his great name. What we do and become is attached to who and what God is. So to let us live and do anything in his name is to be negligent to the name we have come to identify as holy and sacred. God's name cost him his son's life on the cross. To let us do whatever, whenever, however, with whoever is to mismanage the name that gave us the access to the freedom we have come to enjoy. While we have life more abundantly. We have it based on the sacrifice of the one who died. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. In the Amplified Version, it says, For the love of Christ controls and compels us, because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that all those who live will no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. Essentially, Paul says, since Jesus constrained himself in a flesh suit because of his love for humanity and died on the cross, we are constrained by the expression of that love to die for him. We no longer live for ourselves, but for Jesus who died and was raised for our sake. Now our restraint is not about what we can't do, but what we have been freed, charged, and empowered to do. We live through, with, and for Jesus Christ. Our restraint is our blessing because it leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, goodness and mercy follows us everywhere we go. Whether we succeed or fail, rise or fall, the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. That's the beauty of having great parents. They take care of us even when we don't do right. And what a parent we have in our Heavenly Father. What a blessing to be constrained by His love. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church, Indian Trail, Marshville, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soulful.